Until I turned 70, April was my favorite month. The poet T.S. Eliot once wrote that April was the cruelest month, but despite the fact that he was born in St. Louis, Eliot wasn't a baseball fan. When I was growing up in Pittsburgh, I looked forward to April every year because that was when my pirates, win or lose, and mostly they lost, opened a new baseball season. My birthday was also in April, so I knew that as a birthday present, my parents would let me play hooky on opening day, give me the money to go out to Forest Field, stuff myself with hot dogs, and root for the home team. It was also in April that the playing fields in Pittsburgh began to thaw out, and in between April showers, my baseball buddies and I would begin our spring ritual of throwing, catching, and hitting a baseball, and dreaming someday of playing for the Pirates. In 2009, the year that I turned 70 and started putting together a bucket list, the organizers of the Pittsburgh Marathon, several years after losing their sponsor and suspending the event, announced that with the support of a new sponsor, they were reviving the marathon. Proving there really is no fool like a 70-year-old fool, I decided to put running in the Pittsburgh Marathon at the top of my list. When I told my wife Anita what I wanted to do, she just shook her head and asked where I kept my life insurance policies. When Anita called our son Stephen to give him the news, his wife Anna, an emergency room nurse who occasionally helps stricken runners at ultramarathons, yelled, your father's crazy, he's going to die. Once I decided to run in the Pittsburgh Marathon, I compounded my foolishness by writing an op-ed piece for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette titled, Born to Run in the Pittsburgh Marathon. Within hours, I began receiving emails from veteran marathon runners telling me that runners often don't make it through their first marathon, let alone a foolhardy 70-year-old. They were, however, going to do everything possible to help me get ready for the marathon so that I could at least survive the ordeal. The Pittsburgh Marathon organizers also got in touch after the article appeared and asked me to keep a training diary, a sort of Ripley's Believe It or Not, which they wanted to publish on their website. So for months, I shuffled my way around SIU's Campus Lake. It takes 12 times around its 2.2-mile path to equal a marathon and trolled campus back roads in search of a hill. The Pittsburgh Marathon has dawning ones, including its infamous Cardiac Hill. A fretting Anita, while worried, was a good sport and actually set up a Gatorade station at the entrance to the campus boat dock so I could practice drinking on the move without gagging. The good news is that I not only ran in the Pittsburgh Marathon, I finished the race, though at the end I kept looking down because I couldn't feel my feet. When I stumbled across the finish line, Anita was there to give me a hug and whisper in my ear, don't you ever do this to me again. The bad news is that my daughter Anne, inspired by her crazy father, decided she wanted to run in marathons and the two of us should make the Pittsburgh Marathon an annual event. The compromise with her mother was that Anne and I would run together, but only a half rather than a full marathon. So every April, since I turned 70, instead of devoting my time and energy to the approaching baseball season, I've been dragging my aging body and aching bones around local paths and roads to get ready for another Pittsburgh Marathon. I guess T.S. Eliot may have had it right after all. April can be the cruelest month, especially if you're an ancient marathoner. This is Pete Peterson for Reading Baseball.